Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment, sponsored by Tech Help Boston. Are you ready for a masterclass in entrepreneurship? The woman you are about to meet has spent 20 plus years growing successful businesses in high potential markets. We're talking about developing and leading companies from inception to acquisition. She's also the co-founder of the Win Lab at Babson College, known for launching young entrepreneurs who come to the school from around the world. But it is her latest company that really got my attention. Why? Well, because it's one of those ideas that has me thinking, why didn't I think of that? She's the CEO of a company called Pepper Lane, a place for mothers to start and grow their businesses and cultivate their entrepreneurial spirit. What a great idea. Her name is Sharon Kahn, and this is her story. Sharon, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Such a pleasure to get to know you. So we've been having some fun with our guests lately by asking them a handful of kind of quick and easy questions. And your answers will give us a little glimpse into your personality. Are you Uh ready? All right, let's do it. Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks? Starbucks. Morning person or night owl? None of the above. Really? Yeah. Always on time or late sometimes? Always on time. Daily to-do list or you just roll with the punches? Just roll with the punches. Regular workout schedule or no time for that? No time for that. (laughs) Well, that's good. (laughs) See, we already know a little bit about you. You attended college in Israel. Yep. In France. Yep. In the UK. So let's start with your BA from the College of Management in Israel. You know, I always had the bug for starting businesses. It was just a new school where, you know, the concept was to bring entrepreneurs to teach students what is it going to look like. I am still proud to say that there's some things I learned there that I still implement. I found that a very much pragmatic school that was really, for me, it was the start of of my career. I'm very glad I went there. Such a volatile region of the world. Yes. Were you ever frightened when you were there? I grew up in, in Israel, so I experienced, what, five wars, terror attacks. I learned survival from the day I was born. I believe that our upbringing has such a huge impact right. on us as adults. Right. So five wars, terror attacks, yep. daily basis. Yes. Were you always living kind of in a place where, oh, we could have a bomb today? Like, how does that feel? I think what it does... Do you ever get used to that? I don't think so. But I tell you where it does impact your life and also your view about how to build businesses. I think it's about perseverance. I also think it's very important to plan, (laughs) but what are we going to do tomorrow, right? So there's a sense of urgency, sense of urgency to build companies fast, sense of urgency to go and eat now, sense of urgency to explore, to travel. Everything has to be fast, right? Sometimes it's really exhausting, but I think it comes from a very deep place of not sure what will happen next. What was it like in your house on a daily basis? And my question really has to do with, was there a message in your house? In America, sometimes we call that the golden rule. Right. What was important for your parents to teach you when you were growing up? So when I grew up, both of my parents were officers. 
my mother was the first officer that was sent to college. So as a woman, she climbed the ladder and she was part of the cabinet where she served prime ministers. I watched her career. I knew she was in places that were dangerous. There was no clear golden rule, but what was very important for especially my mother was that I always, always going to earn my own money, no matter what. She said, build a family, have a great life, but you're going to pay your own bills. And, and I remember that very vividly since I was born. It is so amazing that you yeah. should say that because yeah. I've had my mom on my mind a lot yeah. this past week uh, as we look toward Mother's Day in May. And right. my mom's advice to me, and unfortunately she passed away when I was a teenager, but I remember her telling me, Candace, stand on your own two yeah. feet. Yeah. Be and do what you do best. I think I grew up being a good girl. And, you know, my mother was a good girl. She followed her path, which was advance her career in the Army, even though it wasn't her dream. So she never really fulfilled her dreams. I think it's because she was a good girl. So I grew up, the golden rule was, you know, you got to be a good girl. You got to follow the path and do what... Be obedient? um, Try to follow uh, the path to success. And there were very certain rules that applied, especially for, for girls and women. I grew up being a very good girl. I'm not a good girl anymore, by the way, but that's another thing. <laughs> that should have been on my first five questions. I know. Your MBA in England at the University of Bradford. Tell right. us about that experience. So, Leaving Israel must have been a big deal to you. Well, it was part of a program. So I did study in Tel Aviv. You know, they were looking for the brightest people to be part of this program. And that's how I joined. I applied. You know, I studied in English. Again, it's so different. You know, I I have now a kid that is almost ready to college. I am so exhausted from the application. But, you know, the way (laughs) I applied to Bradford University was my brother got a flyer and he didn't want to do an MBA. And my mother really wanted him to do. So he said, you know what? You're going to do that because I'm not going to do it. And I said, no way. I'm not doing MBA. I just finished, you know, my first degree. And he said, you're going to be fine. You're going to do it. And I did that. I was a good girl. <laughs> Next up, the Sorbonne. Yes. I have always wanted to interview someone who attended the Sorbonne. So you studied French culture. Fascinating. Tell Fascinating. me about it. You know, I left the army. It's mandatory in Israel. And I needed a break. I just lost my father. I decided to go to Paris. I didn't speak French. At that time, you know, if you want to go and be part of the university, you have to speak French. And we're talking some pretty intensive time in, in Paris. We're talking the first Gulf War. To uh, support myself, I worked for Al Airline, which was the Israeli airline at that time. I remember practicing French and asking so many questions over and over again because I felt so responsible. So by the time I got to school, I knew French because no one got on, on the plane before I asked them many, many questions It was freedom. It was amazing. It was just back to the 16th century. It was all about French culture, French food, French men, whatever you want. When you are in the Sorbonne, it's the center of the world, and there's no other universities that really exist. And there's no other culture that really exists. And I just embrace that. You embrace everything you do, don't you? Head I, first. I like to experience it, yes. Yeah, so it was, it was wonderful. When did you start figuring out 
what your career path would be, Sharon. When did you start thinking to yourself, I could develop ideas, I could shepherd companies? How did that happen? The truth is that I don't think people would hire me. I really don't. I had to invent jobs. I had to invent my own jobs. I think I had one job and I, and, and I was fired. Yeah, that's it. To be honest, I get excited by challenges. And sometimes they're very, very big ones. But I love to incubate ideas that can really impact the world. There's so many things that need to be solved. I like to do that. I love the word incubate. Because yes. I think incubate and startup and entrepreneur are all the same language. Yes. So you start developing companies, turning ideas into money. And in my opinion, that takes a lot of vision and a little bit of intuition, too. Oh, thinking. crazy. You got to be crazy. Talk to me about that. I'm not driven by the money. I'm driven about, somebody told me the other day, which I was really surprised, one of my employees, she said, you know, you're not competitive. And I said, are you kidding me? That's really not good news to the business. <laughs> but she said, but you know what? But you are ambitious. And I think that's true. I think I have huge motivation. And determination just from being in this room with you for 15 minutes so I far. Don't, I'm just having fun. When I talk to entrepreneurs that building companies to make money, I get upset because I think that what is so important when you think about a problem or you have an idea, the world of possibilities can be so big if you don't measure that by one currency. I was very fortunate to be part of three exits. I think it's because I never thought about the money. I think if I do that, I'm going to limit my vision of how big this can be. You know, it's interesting that you should say that, because as you were describing that process to mm -hmm. me, I was thinking, you really invest in the idea. Yes, totally. I am so invested in the idea that I think it's liberating, because think about it. If you have people that worry about how they look or what they do or who they are, you are starting to be more driven by what is your agenda. Yeah. And you're limiting things all around you're you. You're limiting and you make the ideas smaller than what they should be. So yes. I'll give you an example. I always hire people that are better than me. I think it's so important. In order to bring ideas and create endless and boundless possibilities, you have to have people that understand things better than you. And your job as the leader of the company is, number one, to understand that you're here to serve something bigger than you. And number two, don't interrupt. <laughs> don't interrupt people that know what they need to do. And some days I do interrupt, and it's not always great. And you know how I figured this out? I'll tell you one thing. is One day I came to a meeting in Barnes & Noble, and I was waiting to uh, one of their executives, very important person. You can't have a meeting with him uh, for six months. Anyway, of course, he was late. I'm waiting, and the receptionist is talking to me. And we're talking about my business and what do I do, and I tell her about the company. She, she goes, you know what? I have a really good idea for you. Fast forward, I implemented her idea six months later, and I made hundreds of thousands of dollars because of that. So I learned my lesson that the best ideas are not going to come from me. I'm looking at a list which is pretty stunning. 
You have built four startup companies. We haven't even started talking about Pepperlane, which is coming yeah. right up. TikTok, acquired by Barnes and Noble. Zoomix, mm-hmm. acquired by Microsoft. SeaArk, acquired by SSA Global, now known as Infor. Demantra, acquired by Oracle. This is millions and millions and millions of dollars. But I bet when you first got started with these four companies, Mm -hmm. people looked at you and said, that's not going to work. Do you have to deal with naysayers all the time? You know, it's funny. I find when when you start and you're not very successful, (laughs) actually people pay less attention to you. When you start to climb the ladder and you're more successful, this is when you realize that not everybody's going to love you. And that's okay. One thing that we're doing as women, including myself, we suffer from the disease to please. <laughs> Does that sound familiar oh, to you? Yes. You know what I'm talking oh, about, yes. right? Uh-huh. And I mentioned to you is that I grew up in an environment where good girls tend to please. I'm learning that it's okay not to do that. Pepper Lane. Yes. A mission to create a better workplace for mothers. A thriving other economy. Yes. My God. Tell us all about it. Pepperlane was born after so many conversations with mothers. The more I investigated, I found out that there's an invisible workforce today that is what I call not part of the traditional workforce. There are over 24 million mothers today that do not have W-2. It doesn't mean they don't work. They work very hard. They're raising kids. And they have great talents. The more I spoke with them, I found out that the research showed is that they don't necessarily want to go back to the workforce. They not necessarily have the skills that employers are looking for. And they also might be too old for employers. Nobody's going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, what do you do with that? Because they're so talented. They're so gifted. It's 24 million just in the U.S., I realized when the more I asked them, they said, Sharon, if we can apply our skills, if we have a path to build some income while we're raising our kids, we would love to do that. I went in, found a team and started to think, okay, what is it going to look like? And I started to ask them questions. The best time of my life is when I ask questions, not when I try, try to provide answers, right? And that's what Pepperlane is today. It's a place for mothers to start and grow their businesses. I remember that you used the word incubate a Mm -hmm. little while ago, Mm -hmm. and I feel like that must be the vibe at Pepper Lane. It's a place to incubate ideas, to ignite the spark, to help these moms bring their ideas to life. Yes. So what's it like up and down the halls at Pepper Lane these days? Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted TechHelpBoston.com since the year 2000. Dave Elmazian, president of Tech Help Boston, with the reasons why. It's really about forging a relationship and having a trusting relationship because your technology is very personal to you. It used to be in the old days that things were private. When you're online, nothing is private anymore. And we want to make sure that that information is kept confidential and with somebody that you trust and you feel comfortable with. You can trust Tech Help Boston to keep your computer and systems running right. Call 781-484-1265 or visit techhelpboston.com. That's techhelpboston.com. It's so much fun. 
first, you know, just by calling out that we're mothers, I think this is, makes it so interesting and so authentic because being good girls, when I started my career, there were only two options, either to take a full-time job, and when I come to work, I had to hold myself, right? I couldn't say that I had a terrible day and my daughter is so grumpy, right? It's not relevant. And I really believe that motherhood is good for business. And so for us, it's so fun, you know, we bring, we embrace motherhood and we are okay that life is messy. We're not trying to help mothers to create businesses and build the next Amazon or Uber or whatever. We are actually trying to teach them how to fit the business into their life. We always are told by society and the rules were not written by mothers or for mothers is how to build a business. Well, guess what? We're not going to do it your way. We're going to do it our way. And that's so refreshing because once you give the moms the pathway, oh my God, I can work only 10 to 15 hours. I can close and shut down my business between two to four when I want to be with the kids. I don't have to have any excuses. Oh my God, I can think about five different ideas that I have. That makes it so refreshing. It brings authenticity. It brings creativity. I just feel that this is a movement. This is across the board in every state of America. Uh, we see that it's a wake-up call for women, and we're so excited to be part of this movement. How can our listeners find out more about Pepper Lane? They can go to Pepper Lane. It's P-E-P-P-E-R-L-A-N-E dot co, C-O. We have special qualities that uh, as moms, don't yes. you agree? Oh, my God, yes. What kind of startups are you seeing from some of these women? It must be so exciting. I see services for uh, busy moms. I see very talented uh, women that starts meal prep. Home organization is huge. We see that. Even I have a Pepperline mom that is coming and cooking for my kids when I have late nights. We see all the services for home staging, interior design. I mean, we have 55 different types of skills. And we also have the professional moms that came out of the workforce and see the opportunity to apply their skills to small businesses. So marketers, editors, PR strategies, lots of coaches we see as well on the platform. It's a great way for us to come together as mothers and serve us and build local economies in our own towns. We see that. We are now in 500 zip codes already, so it's exciting. You have mentored over 150 female CEOs and business leaders over yeah. the course of your career. Why is this work so important to you? And I'm wondering how you are even able to do that. How do you have the time to spare to be a mentor? I think it's really pretty incredible to see when you put some of your experience and you give her sometimes, it just could be a really, really tiny nudge. And the amount of progress that she can make, it's unbelievable. And I'm gonna say that, you know, as women, I don't think we help enough to each other. You know, we don't have the boys club. We don't. And I keep saying that to women, if you want to change the trajectory and put more women in top offices, put more women in NASDAQ, put more women in critical positions, you're going to have to push them. And it's going to be on your shoulders. So open doors. And if you haven't done something meaningful, it's not worth it, right? I do that, and I also hope that I show the way to other women to help other women. That leads me to my next question. Tell me, what is your leadership philosophy? Don't take yourself too seriously. Embrace your mistakes. 
be absolutely vulnerable, which is hard for me. Ask questions, don't give the answers. If you do all of that, you will create companies that are curious. And curiosity is probably the top of my chart when it comes to success. Can you stay curious? That's the most important thing. I found a really cool quote on your LinkedIn page. Inspired and fulfilled by changing people's lives and especially passionate about changing the world with kindness. Yes. And you know where it comes from? I have a goal. I want to build a huge company. I want to do it with kindness. How many leaders today running the top Fortune 500 companies lead with kindness? I'm looking for the role model. I, I think it would be so incredible. Kindness brought me to where I am. And I'm on the mission to show that you can be very pragmatic. You can be very effective. You can still hire and fire with kindness. You can still build big companies with kindness. I think we lost that as a society. I think we lost that in business. I think we lost a lot of the positivity that drives economy to success. You have mentioned quite a few times through the interview about your daughter. Yes. You have two daughters Yes. Now. How did your life change when you became a mom? <gasps> Upside down. It changed everything. Everything that I love about my girls also stressed me, right? I can see the reflection of what they can become. And I also teach them in my own way about imperfection. The most important thing for me is because imperfection and vulnerability can surface some of the best ideas, at least I find. I think the only way for my girls to be successful is to leave success out of the equation and be authentic. You just mentioned the word authenticity. It's an interesting thing about human nature, Sharon. When we don't reveal ourselves to others, yes. when we are not authentic. When we put our head down and we work hard, but we don't share any part of our lives with people around us, they come to their own conclusions and they fill in the blanks themselves. How do you, as a leader then, share your life with your colleagues so that they know you, they know what matters to you, they know what you've been through? You want to write your own story. That's what we teach at Pepperlane. It's very important for us when our mothers start a website on our platform. We always are very curious about their story. And I keep saying, it doesn't matter, guys, if you have 20 other mothers that started the same business. There's only one of you. So tell me, what makes you unique? Tell me about your story. And what we're finding is that, especially because our mom's selling services to other moms, we care about the story. Sometimes we're not even remember what we're buying, you know, but we want to make sure that we bring another person to our life that really matters to us. What I know for sure is that there's only one me. I have to bring it out. At the very beginning of our interview, I said to our listeners, get ready for a master class in entrepreneurship. In your opinion, what is the key ingredient to being an entrepreneur, to be successful with an idea? I think to me, it has to start with the world of possibilities. I think today, the way business schools teach entrepreneurship is much more in the world of measurements. 
let's start with the idea. Let's build a business plan. Let's evaluate, right? I find that this is the best way to kill ideas. There is time for the business plan. But what I tell women and mothers now, I say, I want you to live in the world of possibilities for at least a couple of weeks. Fly high, because this is the time where your brain is going to go to places that everything in culture that told you, hey, no, this is too expensive. Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to ever make money. Don't listen to your brain. I don't want your brain. I want your heart right now. I want you to fly high. Keep it boundless. Let ideas evolve. And here's what I want you to do first. Before you go to the business plan, I want you to start and tell your idea to five of your friends. The moment that your five friends want to tell it to another five friends of theirs, you have something. Now, let's talk about the plan. But until then, I don't want to hear about money. I don't want to hear about, is it big enough? Don't go there. I want them to fly a little bit. And I don't think we do it anymore when we build ideas. My final question, success means different things to different people. I'm going to ask you this question a little differently. Okay. What would your mom say about what you're doing today? I think she would be surprised. I think she's very proud, for sure. It wasn't her way. In her time, it was impossible. She was hoping that I would be a doctor or a lawyer, as you can imagine. But over the years, I think she realized that there's another way to be successful. And you, I think you're flying as high as you can. You keep on flying, right? Yeah. It's a journey. And yeah, sometimes you, you crash, but sometimes then you go back and you say, oh my God, I can fly again. I want to say thank you so much for being my that guest. That was so fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry. This is a series with one goal in mind to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. If you'd like to suggest someone for Candy to interview, she'd love to hear about it. Connect with her anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, CandyOterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story?